Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Here's the other side of Midnight. On, I'm Frank Morano. Every Saturday morning in our household, all of my friends, all of my family members, and all of my neighbors know that when the clock strikes 9 a.m., I am to be undisturbed for the hour. It's not because I'm meeting with my bookie or my massage therapist. It's because for an hour a week, the only cable news show that I watch airs. And at the end of their hour, that hour, there are two guarantees. One is that I will have learned something about an issue, a topic, or a guest that I would have never heard anywhere else, and I could probably steal a little bit of content for this show. The other is that at the end of that hour, liberals will be accusing the host of being some sort of secret conservative, and conservatives will be accusing the commentator of being some sort of a secret lefty. It reminds me of some of the complaints I get on this show every morning. The host is someone I admire a great deal, a very bright guy, uh, but even more so than that, even more so than being an attorney and a best-selling author, he's one of the best radio talk show hosts in the business and one of the few commentators that speaks for and to the plurality of Americans in this country who consider themselves independent. Gives me a great deal of pleasure to welcome back to the program, Sirius XM radio talk show host and the host of Smirconish on CNN Saturday mornings. At 9 a.m., the one and only Michael Smirconish. Michael, it's great to talk with you. Thanks for doing this. Hey, Frank, I'm torn because if I'm not on television, I'm not sure whether I want you spending time with the bookie or the massage therapist. I've got to ponder that for a while. My wife, seeing uh, the, my level of credit card debt, would certainly prefer the massage therapist. It's a less expensive proposition. As long as I'm betting through Parks Casino, right? Um, right, now, exactly. Uh, Michael, if people are unfamiliar with you, haven't read your books, don't read your uh, commentary regularly at Smirconish.com, haven't seen you on CNN or listen to you on the radio, remind people a little bit of your your political journey. You were a Republican activist, ran for office as a Republican, worked on the campaigns of folks like Reagan and Bush, worked for uh, Bush Sr., Poppy Bush in the White House. How did you go from being uh, such a dyed-in-the-wool Republican to being an independent? And by the way, I want to mention, if people want to hear you tell the lengthy version of this story, they should check out the film on Hulu, Things I Wish I Knew Before I Started Talking. But give us the Reader's Digest version. The short version is that I've spent my whole life within a 50-mile radius centered in those Philly burbs that you hear so much about every four years because we play such a critical role in 
how Pennsylvania is going to go and, and consequently, you know, how the nation might go. I was born and raised in a Republican household, came of age in the Reagan 80s, had a lot of great political experiences as a Republican in that era. And uh, Frank, if Republicans today were still in the mold of Ronald Reagan or George Herbert Walker Bush, I'd still be a Republican. But in the 2000s, in the early 2000s, I started to have disagreements with my then party, largely because of the way the war and terror was being waged. I thought we took our eye off the ball with the hunt for bin Laden and Ayman al-Zawahiri, and that's when I began to drift. The party was, I think, going in a much more radical direction at that same time. And so I never became a Democrat. I have voted for Democrats and Republicans during the course of my life, but I've been a Republic, a pardon me, an independent who had been a Republican, and I've been an independent since 2010, and am very comfortable where I am because the polling data consistently says that I am like a plurality of the country who are neither R nor D, but we are I. One of the one of the things that disenfranchised Republicans pointed to with Donald Trump is how many areas there were that he differed from standard Republican orthodoxy. He had no problem calling out uh, George W. Bush for a whole host of problems, including the war in Iraq. He has been resisting conservative attempts to do things like raise the Social Security retirement age. He, at least initially, was uh, in favor of reinstituting Glass-Steagall, not necessarily a Republican position, uh, uh, trade, uh, immigration, all sorts of things about Trump were very different from prior Republican presidents like George W. Bush. Uh, what is it about Trump, for instance, in the in his version of the GOP that makes you not necessarily comfortable being a Republican these days? Well, first of all, I think what what Trump has been able to do is to cobble together a constituency of the disaffected, you know, the the forgotten. There was actually a, a great book that was written about Pennsylvania and one county in Pennsylvania called The Forgotten. It was by Ben Bradley Jr. And it was after the 2016 election. And it was an explanation as to how Trump was able to reach a lot of my relatives figuratively and, and literally by assembling this this group of voters who are largely, not exclusively, but largely white, working class, high school educated, who feel like there's been great tumult, great change in the country, and that in sort of the priority of, of different stripes and tribes, they're now on the short end of the stick and they've been forgotten. And Donald Trump speaks to those folks in a way that nobody else in contemporary politics has been able to do. There's been this, this complete realignment of voting groups during the course of of my lifetime uh, that Trump has largely been able to harness. Where do I disagree with the party direction today? I, I can only tell you this, that I think I'm like many Americans insofar as I fashion myself as fiscally conservative and more liberal or progressive on social issues. And I think that the GOP has become far too much a party of litmus tests and doctrinaire thinking without any allowance for nuance. And that's what drove me out of the party. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. 
Why, as you mentioned, as I alluded to, the plurality of the country, depending on the poll you look at, but it's generally between 31 and 37 percent of the the population view themselves as politically independent. Now, some of those might be uh, very right wing independents. Some might be um, very conservative, very left wing independents. But a good chunk of them are probably centrist independents. And yet, if you look at cable news, if you look at radio, if you look at the news newspapers, there are very, very few media outlets that make an effort to appear to that chunk of the American constituency. Why is that the case? Why aren't there more people that are making an attempt to appeal to the largest voting bloc? Because, Frank, I think they believe I think they believe it can't be sold and they would rather shoot fish in a barrel to coin that old expression, relying on the passion that comes from the extremes. You you might not have the largest audience if you're appealing only to conservatives or only to liberals, but you're going to have a very loyal constituency. And I, I think that many who program radio and television have been led to believe that there is not passion that rests in the middle. I think those are fighting words because I'm plenty passionate I'm just not someone whose politics you're going to be able to predict based on the ideological spectrum. You know, you're not going to be able to say, well, let's see, uh, he believes in a societal safety net and therefore he's going to be pro-choice. I mean, what does your position on Social Security have to do with your position on when life begins? I don't think anything. And yet that's the way we've come to think. You're tough on defense and therefore you're going to be for balancing the budget. I mean, what do those two things really have to do? I approach every issue as they come, but we have fallen into a trap in this country of people believing you've got to be all one thing or all the other, because after all, that's what the cable hosts are like, and that's what the talk radio hosts are like, and that's what those websites are all like. Me, instead, I'm a guy saying, I'm like the rest of you, divided, willing to be open-minded on issues or candidates. I, you know that my passion project is that on a daily basis, I generate a newsletter for free. People don't have to pay for it um, under the banner of Smirconish.com because I've tried to create the balanced media diet that I think is so lacking. And if you sign up for it at 8 a.m. every day Eastern time, you're going to get 20 aggregated links that I've selected from a cross-section of the media in the hope that it'll take two or three minutes when you start your day, scroll through the headlines, and see the world from a variety of perspectives. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't mention that because it's responsible, that newsletter, for so much of my show prep and so much of my Good. content and that, uh, that I don't want people knowing that uh, that I'm cheating and, uh, and getting all and having you do all the work for show prep for me. But it is a, it <laughs> is a great. You, uh, at least you admit it, Frank, at least you admit it. Most of the others, they, they, they don't throw me the bone of saying, hey, sometimes I rely on your suggestions. So thank you for okay. that. At this point, I don't rely. I, I am totally dependent on that newsletter, but people can sign up for free at smirconish.com. They can check it out. How mu- uh, It's no secret that American society is pretty polarized these days. You have Democrats and Republicans not wanting to go out on dates with one another, not wanting to work with one another, not even wanting to live in the same communities. And a lot of times it feels like people can't even agree what color the sky is and what two plus two equals. How much of a role do you think the media has played in today's polarized environment? Are they a cause of that 
or is the polarized media a symptom of where the country is? Well, that's a great question. And there's a lot of disagreement on this. I fought the media more than anything else for the polarization that exists. I am mindful of other factors like closed primaries, like the lack of campaign finance reform, like gerrymandering. But I see the the media divide, the divide that's been facilitated or created largely by the media as being part of a larger puzzle of too many of us going in our separate directions and not having enough common experiences. And there have been lots of books written on this subject that I point to routinely, like Robert Putnam's Bowling Alone or Bill Bishop's The Big Sword or Charles Murray's uh, book about the divide that exists in this country called Coming Apart. And, you know, think about it. I mean, hopefully you're an exception to this, but I think that many of us We tend to live among people who vote like we do, who uh, go to the same house of worship that we do, who look like we do. Our kids play together. This kind of cuts across all socioeconomic um, boundaries. And and the political polarization flows from this. And what we most need in this country is to have more common experience like came from when many of our fathers or grandfathers were serving in the military, but too few are serving in the military today. And so you can lead your whole life, especially now with the Internet, allowing you to seek out people and experiences that you enjoy. You can lead your whole life without uh, I don't know how to say it, cross pollinizing or spending time with people who don't look like you and don't think like you do. And I'm glad you mentioned the Internet and social media, too, because uh, that only seems to be exacerbating the problem. People just tuning in, talking with Michael Smirconish. You can hear him daily on Sirius XM. You can subscribe to his newsletter at Smirconish.com. And if uh, you want a cable news show that's unlike anything else that you're going to see in the rest of the cable news world, check him out Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. There's also uh, generally a replay at 3 p.m. if you uh, can't if you want to sleep a little later. So, Michael, I guess this begs the obvious question, given where we are going into the presidential race. Most voters, according to poll after poll, uh, prefer someone other than Biden and Trump. Most Democrats would like a candidate other than Biden. Most Republicans would prefer a candidate other than Trump. No labels is trying to step into that void and possibly run a centrist Democrat Republican ticket as an alternative to that. A lot of people are very suspicious of no labels. Where do you see the no labels movement going next year? I I support what they are doing at this stage. That does not mean that come Super Tuesday, come March of 2024, if they decide to field a candidate, that I'm necessarily for their ticket. But the argument from a lot of Democrats has been recently that they need to be shut down and not supported because they might nominate a ticket that pulls from Joe Biden and elects Donald Trump. Uh, to which I say, I'm not convinced that Donald Trump or Joe Biden, one, the other, or both, will be leading their ticket next spring. There's so much volatility. There's so much fluidity in this process that it would not surprise me. Are they the likely candidates today? Yes, they are. But there are so many things happening that we could never predict that I don't know to a certainty that they will be the candidates. 
why not keep our powder dry? And if it is Trump and Biden, and if seven in 10 Americans continue to say they don't want either of them, wouldn't it be great to have additional choice? I don't know if that choice is going to pull from Biden or pull from Trump or pull for Kamala Harris and pull from Ron DeSantis, but I want more choice, not less choice. So why in the world would we say to no labels without even knowing who their candidate might be, stop what you're doing? That just seems ridiculous. Uh, let's all keep our powder dry, see how this thing plays out. We don't know what's going to happen with these indictments of Donald Trump and whether any of them will come to fruition before Election Day. I think that the Alvin Bragg case is the weakest among them and that it would probably benefit Trump if it was the first to get to trial. But it's just one example of the uncertainty that we're facing as a nation. And there's a lot of distrust of the no labels candidate, especially among the left, because yes. they they won't disclose their donors and people are afraid this is some sort of secret plot to elect Trump by siphoning off, um, you know, anti-Trump votes from Joe Biden. Do you think the left has a legitimate beef thinking that this is some sort of a secret plot here? If it's a secret plot, it would be news to me. I'm not a fan of dark money. I, I wish that there were not that exception and that anytime we see a commercial, we know exactly who paid for it, especially in the Internet world in, in which we're living. But uh, I think that their suspicion might be unwarranted. I can imagine a number of tickets that could get put forth by no labels that would pull from Donald Trump or could get elected. I mean, this whole idea that we have to think about who this is going to harm maybe has it reversed. Let's think about who could win. I mean, what what if Admiral William McRaven, and, and by the way, he I, before I throw him under the bus, I should tell you, he claims that he's not interested in running. But when I think of someone with just stellar credentials who could appeal to all segments of the American society, I think of a person like McRaven. Who's to say that McRaven couldn't actually win the race? You know, I don't know if Joe Manchin and and John Huntsman became a ticket and we could have a conversation about whether the order of that ticket ought to be Huntsman Manchin or Manchin Huntsman. But maybe they could if the seven in 10 Americans who say they don't like Biden and Trump, if they really mean it, maybe they could actually win. And why are we closing off the possibility of having additional selections? That That's what I'm against. I want choice. Uh I know you get in trouble with your friend, uh, Admiral Stavridis, every time you pr praise Admiral McRaven. So I, I, I'll wrap yes. up to avoid uh, getting you in trouble with a weekly guest. But um, I, I do have to ask you, I know one of your former classmates in, uh, I think it was law school, is now presiding <laughs> over one of the many forthcoming Trump trials. Right. You've been an advocate, as I have, for uh, for a long time, that these trials should be televised. Uh, you're an attorney. Uh, a lot of folks feel that, that this is going to turn this into a OJ-style circus if they're televised. W why do you support televising these trials, Michael? Well, I want all of them televised and not just Trump. I think that anywhere you as a citizen have a right to go pull up a chair and watch the people's business being transacted, there ought to be a camera. And that extends to the Congress, that extends to the Supreme Court of the United States, to your local school board, county commissioner, uh, township supervisor, whatever the case might be. I think we have a, a right to be there and to watch. Lance Ito, Judge Lance Ito, did not keep sufficient reign on the OJ attorneys. Johnny Cochran and Alan Dershowitz and Marsha Clark and Chris Darden and all of those other individuals, F. Lee Bailey, who litigated that case. 
And people were poisoned, therefore, by the process and thinking, well, it's always going to turn into somewhat of a circus. That was the judge's fault in that case. And I, I think instead, look at the Murdoch trial recently in South Carolina. There have been any number of great experiences where we've been able to watch, and I think it's a public service. So, yes, I'm for cameras all over the place because I think that what do they say, Frank? Uh, sunshine is the best disinfectant. And I think it would be healthy for the American people to be able to actually watch the testimony. I, I uh, It makes a lot of sense to me. I, I can't uh, can't disagree with you at all. And um, the other area where I am 100 percent in accord with you is you've pointed out the similarities between the world of pro wrestling and the world of yeah. talk radio. And then more recently, you've talked about the similarities between the world of, uh, you, you know, electoral politics, especially having a ringside seat for that Fetterman uh, Dr. Oz race in Pennsylvania and the world of pro wrestling. You've been a student for a pro for a pro wrestling going back a few decades if you were to pick what pro wrestler is joe biden most similar to what pro wrestler is donald <laughs> trump most similar to? Uh, all of my references all of my references are aged i mean i'm i came of a frank how old are you I, I am uh, a couple of years behind you, maybe more than a couple okay. of years behind you. Okay, you're hedging. You're hedging. I'm not sure why, but okay. But okay. Um, pro wrestling for me, the heyday, we're talking George the Animal Steel, Haystacks Calhoun, Chief J Strongbow, Pedro Morales, Bruno San Martino, the living legend. I mean, these are my guys. And of course, Everyone then was either good guy, bad guy. Yes, there were female uh, uh, wrestlers. But so now you're kind of forcing my hand because I'm going to have to decide if Trump or Biden are good guys or bad guys. I'm, I'll punt and I'll, I'll make them each good guys. So let me just see. Bruno San Martino is the living legend. I mean, like he's the man. He would be Ronald Reagan. He would be Ronald Reagan. Who would be Joe Biden? Damn, I got to think about that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've been racking my brain, and I haven't been able to come up with anybody. <laughs> so I, I, I was hoping you, uh, having a few more years of wrestling analysis, would be able to come up with a parallel. But I don't know that there are any third-party wrestlers as well. Michael, uh, I know right, how busy you right. are. I, I hear how much time you put into your show, and you're one of these people that makes it sound easy because I can, all the work you're putting into it, and it really, uh, it really is a great treat to be able to have you on our program for a bit. Well, Thank you so much kind, uh, for coming on. Thanks to say for all that. the work you do. Thank uh, you. Check out the newsletter at smirconish.com. Check him out on CNN Saturday mornings and uh, on the radio on Sirius XM. I'll take your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.